Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Checking in. Off-season check-in. Guys, we're going to be back doing regular episodes before you know it. Uh, and this season is going to be getting underway at the time of recording. It's the middle of August. By the middle of next month, uh, so a month from now, we're going to be talking about guys uh, nearly returning to training camp. It'll be a couple weeks after that uh, where we're talking about preseason games. And then the games to follow uh, in October. Will Peterson of DenverFan.com joining me here again on the podcast. Second time uh second time that people will actually hear oh, third time right. total right 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 we right, had a little right. technical difficulties lost episode yes we did do yes. a full like 25 minute episode that somehow got erased or not saved or something it's still uh being investigated here at the fan but uh thanks for coming back man yeah no i appreciate it it's it's good to talk some hoops obviously it's a real off season in basketball right the nfl the broncos had so much change with quarterback owner head coach the NHL, the Avs didn't have an offseason. We went from a parade to free agency. So it's nice to to actually talk about a sport where it's like, ah, we haven't checked in on the Nuggets in a while. We haven't checked in on the Nuggets in a while. A handful of moving parts. We're going to talk about the team's win total, title odds, MVP odds for Jokic, uh, best-case, worst-case scenario. Uh, we're going to touch on Jamal Murray, Bones Highland, KCP, Bruce Brown, Zeke Naji. We'll get to all of it. But um, overarching, big big picture. Is it fair to say, because all of last season, I was referring to it here on the Mile High Who's podcast and on our show here in Denver, Stokely and Zach, as the season before the season. Like, you didn't get out of the starting gate um, with title aspirations because Jamal had already been hurt the previous season and you knew you weren't going to have him really in the first half of the season. You were hoping to get him back. That never crystallized. Um and then you're you're also dealing with a, a, another major injury the ninth game into the season. So the time that you thought that Jamal was coming back before that ever happened and it never happened, you knew that Porter was going to be done for a long time. So is it is it fair to say that the season before the season is here, and the meaning of that is real, authentic NBA championship aspirations? Yeah, well, it better be because. I, I know that was your motto, and it was one that proved to be right. When you bow out in the first round against the Golden State Warriors in five games, a series that very easily could have gone four, it wasn't your year. And I know the Warriors won the title, but again, any any team that's serious about a title doesn't lose in the first round in five. Right. That was always my knock on the Carmelo Anthony era. Before they got Chauncey Billups here, they always lost in the first round in five. So if if that's what happened, then yes, it was the season before the season. You called it all along because they weren't contenders last year. They are contenders now. And obviously there's layers to that, as you mentioned. But think about the lineups we saw against the Warriors in the playoffs Versus the lineup you will be seeing on right, opening night. Right, We're right. talking about a, a, a total overhaul other than Nikola Jokic and, and Bones Highland, really. Uh, you know, Monte Morris is gone. Will Barton is gone. Austin Rivers is gone. J. Michael Green is gone. All guys who played key roles in the playoffs are no longer on this team. So it's really, hey, it's the MVP, the back-to-back MVP, Jamal and, and MPJ healthy. 
And then it's your your offseason additions and your reinforcements um, that really Calvin Bruth brought in after Tim Connolly bolted for Minnesota. So, yeah, Zach, I think it is a, a, a championship window, and I have to give credit where it's due. You called that all along because last season just wasn't it. It was a, a wasted year of Nikola Jokic's prime, and that wasn't all on uh, the coaches or, or the front office. It, it, a lot of it was on luck and bad injury luck. But it also means that the pressure is ramped up. Like, Michael Malone, I don't know if he's coaching for his job this year, Zach, but that's like a whole other layer. It's like, yes. what do they have to get to? It's almost the same conversations we had about Jared Bednar in the abs. Yeah, and they right. broke through that ceiling. Like, a perfect coach to get you there, can he get you over the top? And so it, it, that's just another layer to this. So a long-winded way of saying, of course it's it's – the season has arrived. There's there's no more wait till next year with the Nuggets. It is this it's freaking this, it's year. This year, and it may be their most uh, or their best shot to win it all in the history of the franchise. Because it's not just about the construct of who the Nuggets are and uh, the additions and the guys are getting back from injuries. It's also about the landscape. There is no and 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 all. Respect to the Warriors because they, in my opinion, have uh, are in the dynasty conversation. But you don't look at the Warriors, even as champions, the same way that we used to. They are mortal. Uh, they are flawed in some ways, uh, despite being the champion. So in the past, when you look at the Western Conference specifically in the last 25 years, there's been massive behemoths at the top. You can go back to the Shaq and Kobe, you know, Lakers. You can talk about the Spurs who won five. And then that transition to the LeBron era where you're constantly going up against a LeBron, either Cavs team or Heat team. Um, now, you know, you, you can uh, regroup and re, uh, re-win, if that makes sense, a championship like Golden State or look like a team like Milwaukee. Milwaukee only has one Hall of Famer. They won a championship. That's very rare. Um in the history of the league, typically you need you need two. So for all those reasons, everything that you said, and then the construct of the league right now that has been like dynasty driven all the way back to the Celtics and Lakers, like there's just not those teams right now in this league. No, and I wrote the article at denverfan.com while the Mavericks were playing the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, and it said – if the Mavericks can make the Western Conference Finals, that should be the floor yeah. for the Nuggets next year. Well said. Because the Nuggets are a better team than the they Dallas are. Mavericks. They are. They are. And yes, I know they went into Phoenix in Game 7 and pulled off the stunning blowout, and I get all of that. But it's kind of a piggyback off your original point here. The West is wide open. And Golden State, to get to the Finals last year, beat a Nuggets team that was missing half its roster. That's going to look totally different. They beat a Memphis team that, yeah, it's up and coming, but that was their first real playoff test. Of course, test. of course. And then they got bailed out that they didn't have to play the Phoenix Suns, and that was the series everyone wanted to see. And again, credit to Dallas, but the Suns a little asleep at the wheel, thinking they could just roll it out there in a Game 7 and go win, and that obviously wasn't the case. So if Dallas is a Western Conference Finals team, this Nuggets team sure is and better be or it's going to cost people jobs. It's going to lead to big trades. It's And again, it should. And yeah, it should. It's pro sports. It's I, the I, NBA. Yeah. Again, I don't want to make that comparison too much, but it was the what if with the avalanche that we hit on so often during the postseason of what's this mean for Bednar and McKinnon if they can't get it done. Luckily, we don't have to have those conversations. They did. Nuggets are going to have some really tough conversations if this season, if they don't make the Final Four at a minimum. I think the Final Four has to be the bare minimum. So, so that's, um, well, see, 
I, I like how you put that there, the bare minimum. But the bare minimum is different than worst-case scenario. There is an assumption, and I get caught up with it too, that because guys have been hurt and are coming back, therefore the team will be whole for the duration of the season, and it doesn't work like that. So we'll evaluate it as we go. But the bare minimum, if healthy, should be the Western Conference Finals. Uh, we, we are totally synced up with that. Um, if healthy, if healthy, the spectrum for the Nuggets isn't that wide-ranging. No. It really shouldn't be. It should either be a championship or you lose in the Western Conference Finals. If they, if they or stay lose healthy. in the Finals. Or lose in the Finals, yeah. It's one of, those, one of those three options. It's funny you bring up worst-case scenario, though. The worst-case scenario, Zach, is that Jamal Murray's still not quite right, even after 18 months of rehab. That Michael Porter Jr. is made of glass, and Tim Connolly gave out one of the worst contracts in NBA history, and that you see the wear and tear of Nikola Jokic putting oh, this team geez. on his back yep. for three straight seasons. Yep. I'm, I'm including the bubble. I'm including the two MVPs. And not that he breaks down, because he's still got a lot of good years left in him, but you just start to see the mileage. And, and so I would hate if any of those things are true. But if you want to talk about true worst case scenario, it's it's those three things happening all at once this year. I'll do just just for the sake of being morbid, I'll do you one worse than that. Okay. While all this stuff has been happening around Jokic, Jokic has been healthy. We haven't seen Jokic Jokic has played 80 games, 73, 75, 80, 73, 72, 74. Mm. That's unbelievable. Basketball players get hurt. Yeah. That's what, and, and this guy has been healthy while everything else around him has been like calamity. And again, it's just like because he's been healthy, you just assume that he's going to be healthy. The worst case for the Denver Nuggets is they have to play games without Nikola Jokic. So, okay, we'll move on from the worst case scenario because it's right now it's a Monday. We don't want to start our week like this. Uh, we both agree that the best case is winning an NBA championship for the first time in Nuggets history. Yeah, and they've made the Western Conference Finals twice. Um, in terms of uh, the two different windows they've had for titles in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years at this point. The, the one in 09, obviously, mm-hmm. that everyone remembers with Chauncey Billups coming in for Allen Iverson getting shipped out, and that just taking the Carmelo Anthony, George Carl Nuggets over the top. They ran into Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol in the Western Conference Finals, took them to six, didn't work out. And then you go down to the bubble, and you, you have the 2-3-1 comebacks, and you, you get the Lakers, and you feel like you got the Lakers on the ropes, and then Anthony Davis hits a just a yeah. back-breaking buzzer beater down there in Orlando. Mason Plumley lost his head for a second yep. there. And, and I believe, uh, gosh, Dozier had some, P.J. Dozier, who everyone loves, had some interesting plays down the stretch. But, Zach, that's, that's what we're setting up for here, is it's the third time, is that the charm, to finally break through you know, and, and yeah, you hit the Lakers both times, so that makes it sting that much more that both times the Lakers prevented you from your first NBA final. The good news is it's not going to be the Lakers this year. No, no, um, and, and this is kind of like circling back to what I was saying before. Like, you think about the construct of the West and who you know you had to go through. You're talking about one of the 10 greatest players ever in his prime in Kobe Bryant with an all-pro in Gasol, and they, that was when they had Bynum, who was really good, yeah. and Lamar Odom and Ariza and all those guys. But... um and then the second time, you're still playing prime LeBron James, one of the five greatest players that we've ever seen with an all-pro next to him and Anthony Davis. It's just not that sort of setup right, right now. It's not, and it's why, that the, the again, the third time can be the charm and they can finally get that elusive first NBA Finals appearance. And I think 
that's the next play in the, the Nikola Jokic legacy, right? He wins these back-to-back MVPs, but we still have to hear, and I don't even want to use his name, don't, but we, yep. have to, we have to use that guy as, you know, I'll just call him that guy, but everyone knows who I'm talking about. We have to hear him talk about, well, Jokic hasn't won anything, yeah. and, and to an extent, he's right, but also Nikola Jokic is playing with Austin Rivers, so no one would win right, anything context in, that, matters, in right? that scenario either. So, But it, it, it does start to, you know, he just signed the Supermax this summer, it does start to get into Nikola Jokic's legacy, um, and you know we saw guys like Von Miller have to go through that, and he went from good to great. You know, we saw Nathan McKinnon go from good to great. Nikola Jokic is already great. Can he go from great to let's be honest, one of the the better players in NBA history? Yes, that's, that's what's on the line for Nikola. That's in play. That is very much in play. Uh, putting himself in those conversations if if they get over the hump. Um, I want to talk about win totals here for a second. Uh, the win totals. Uh, have been uh, have rolled out here. I think it was about a week ago they officially came out um, from, I think it was Caesars. Uh, the number one win total in the NBA is 54 and a half wins uh, for the Boston Celtics, followed by one game less, 53 and a half wins for the Suns. The Bucks one win less than that at 52 and a half wins uh, with the Warriors right there at 52 and a half, followed by the Clippers at 51 and a half. Woo! I just hit the pause button real quick. That Clippers team, how good they were without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. If I were placing, and we're going to talk about title odds here in a second, but if I were placing a like flyer on a team that is not in the top like three, four for title odds, that is a bit of a mystery. I think they're seven to one. We'll we'll look at them here in a second. The Clippers might be worth a flyer, uh, but they have they're at fifty one and a half wins. The Sixers at 50.5 wins still haven't gotten to the Nuggets. The Grizzlies at 50.5 wins. The Heat at 50.5 wins. And then you finally get to the Denver Nuggets, who are the solo team, at 49.5 wins. That puts it 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, ninth in the NBA. Am I crazy for considering withdrawing from my retirement account and absolutely hammering the over 49 and a half. Uh, no, I, I don't think you're crazy because how many did they win Zach last year? With, 48. With, 48 with, with Nikola Jokic and, and some of the names I've rattled off. I mean, the Joker, the Joker on his own can carry you almost to 50 wins. Almost. If you get the production out of Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown and Bones Highlands takes takes a leap. And, oh, by the way, I think you can add two wins because you subtracted Will Barton. That's how much I disliked mm. that guy. Without any drop-off from three, by the way. You yeah. should get an upgrade defensively from Contavious Caldwell-Pope and stay the same three-point shooting. But but And you're right, but it makes me want to... I mean, it makes me want to say, Zach, that if everything goes right, everything, they can win 60. So yes, why, yes, am I, yes. why am I not going to hit over 49.5 when I have a 10-game wiggle room to cash that bet? If they stay healthy, and stuff's going to happen. Guys are going to roll, roll ankles, and there'll be um, you know minute restriction for Jamal. There'll be probably load management days for Jokic. But if they stay in generally healthy, there is – I don't see a scenario where they don't win 50 games defensively, they should be much improved. They were not good defensively. You bring in Bruce Brown to the fold. You bring in KCP into the fold. Those are two upgrades uh, defensively. Um, and I just, I, I don't know what would have to happen if they are even in general healthy. In fact, I'll go one step further. I think you could take away one of Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Take away one 
and keep the other two healthy with Jokic, I, I think that they still cover 49.5. Yeah, I do, I do too. And honestly, if they don't cover 49.5, then we're talking about Michael Malone is maybe looking yeah, for his next yeah. assistant coaching gig. Maybe because so. it's a shocking number when you really consider how much healthier they've gotten and how much they improved this offseason. I mean, losing Monte Morris hurt. But but Monte Morris wasn't going to be the difference whether or not they hit this over or not. Uh, Zach, I, I am, and I know the guys in the desert always know, and I know we're really close to the situation here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm a little floored it's that low as you and I talked through same, it here. Yeah. Same, same, same. All right, so I'm going to play that on my Superbook app. Uh, you going to play it? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You have to, right? And I want to play it now because by opening night, Zach, it may be 51 yeah, and a 51 half. 51 and a hook, it, right? It may, be it, co- could be. it may be going up. It could be. Uh, I want to talk briefly here about MVP odds. Luka Doncic is the odds-on favorite. Uh, here, I'm just pulling up my Superbook app. Uh, Luka is 9-2 to two, uh, to win it to win the MVP. That's leader in the clubhouse, followed by Giannis at 6-1, to one, followed by Joel at 6-1. to one, Followed by Durant at ten to one. Jokic is also ten to one with Kevin Durant. Vegas is catching up a little bit because even after he won his first title, I forget it or his first title, his first MVP, excuse me, last season it was either twelve to one or fourteen to one. I don't remember which of those two it was, but he wasn't like in the top five or six. And I was like. I'm taking a flyer on this again. Right. I'm not going to not do this. And he freaking won again. They're learning their lesson uh, uh, to a, a degree here uh, at 10 to 1, same as uh, KD, and just ahead of guys like John Morant and Jason Tatum. And, and, and they may have learned their lesson, but Vegas probably wants all the action they can get on Nikola Jokic because Zach, even if he has a better year this year than he had last year or the year before, there is no shot. That's what I was told there a year is ago. No shot. I was literally told the same thing a year the ago. The NBA is giving him that award a third straight year. It's, it's not just, the NBA, it's, it's the voters. Well, there's no shot the voters are doing it because they're going to mix it up. I mean, let's be honest. How many MVPs did, did Kobe have? How many does LeBron have? Not as many as they should. We see this in the NBA that they, they like to spread the love out on the MVP award. Zach, he would have to average 30. 17 and 13 <laughs> the, to win his third straight NBA MVP. It's just not going to happen. The, the the phrase that I um I used last year, both I remember we were at a war room and I had four people like yourself disagreeing with me. But the but the phrase that I kept on using is if it's an undeniable case, the voters are going to vote for Nicola. So if Luca's not healthy or Giannis or Joel Embiid in the injury history there, like if there is a if there is a Undeniable case. He could do it again. He he could. He's 30, not... 17, and 13 would be undeniable. That would be there undeniable. Yeah. Uh, I will probably, for the sake of just the maybe 2% chance I'll be kicking myself if he did win it for a third time, I'm not going to not play it three years in a row. I've hit it on it two years in a row. I have to play it for a third year out of principle. You've got a little, you know, you got a little cash in the bank from those two bets. So that's been spent, Will. Well, Jeez. but <laughs> it's more the principle of I never would have been able to spend that cash if right. I hadn't won those right. bets. So you can justify it. I don't know. After Joel Embiid's little temper tantrum about not winning it, he may get some sympathy votes. I think the voters love Giannis. I think Luca doesn't have one. You know, he's going to have to get one at some point in his career. Zach, they will find a way to give that award to someone else. We will see. Um, let's talk about uh, Jamal Murray. We've seen him in some workout videos. Um, I, I am at this point 
look, it's been such a long time since the injury. What are we talking about from from uh, the, the time well, that injury April happened? April twenty twenty one. So so by the time that he takes the court for game number one, what are we talking about? Like six hundred days? Yeah, eighteen months. So yeah, you know, somewhere in somewhere in the high fives, low sixes, number of days, no doubt. We we, we keep seeing snippets of like him working out, him playing. Oh, yeah. Every day on social media, there's a new Jamal was at a scrimmage at a high school in Canada and someone took a video from up above and it's like, yeah, that is Jamal Murray. But yeah, every day there's there's something new surfacing of, hey, look at Jamal Murray driving to the hoop for a layup in some pickup game. Are you are you expecting him to hit the ground running or are you buying what Mike Malone is trying to sell that don't expect him to be prime Jamal? It's going to be this process you went full mike malone there uh, michael not, sorry yeah, coach yeah, yeah sorry yeah. uh oh my god cassidy hubbard no because i think michael malone is a man of his word on that one i don't really see the gamesmanship in that uh making that grand declaration and then not sticking to it he's a stubborn guy i like coach malone he's always been good to me and and we've had some some great conversations over the years but He's stubborn. He is. He he refuses to play rookies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been an issue for, for many years. In fact, his whole tenure in Denver. And he is going to refuse to push Jamal Murray, even if Jamal Murray is begging him to be on the court every night or to play 35 minutes a game. So I'm absolutely buying that Jamal plays, I don't know, it might be uh, one out of every four, one out of, or excuse me, sits one out of every oh, okay. four. I was one like, out wait, of, whoa, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. No, 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 I, I, sits. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if through the first 20 games. Will he have played 15 or 16 of them? Yeah, I think that would that would be about right. And I think he'll probably average 22 to 24 minutes a game. I would take that right now. If that scenario that you just painted, I would take it right now. I really would for the whole duration of the season. Maybe, you know, uh, yeah, in the playoffs, obviously, the gloves are going to come off. Uh, but that's way, 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 way down the road. Um, Bones Highland, what are we talking about for a jump for him in year two? I mean, he was maybe the the biggest takeaway from last season. Bones Highland, potential star, all-rookie team member for the first time since Jamal in 2015 or 16, I forget. Um, we were talking about best worst case for the team. Best case for Bones Highland, for me, he's in the sixth man of the year conversation. Fair? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if he's not, then I don't think things went to plan. Zach, I've mentioned his name a couple times in this podcast, but the day... You traded Monte Morris. You gave Bones Highland a huge boost in confidence and really a huge endorsement from the Denver Nuggets front office. No doubt. Because you told the world you are comfortable with Bones Highland as your backup point guard. Because if you have Monte Morris still on this roster, he's the backup point guard, and Jamal Murray's the starter, and Bones is scratching and clawing for minutes. Now you were willing to include Monte Morris to dump Will Barton, bring in KCP, but when you made that, you made the concession of we trust Bones Highland. And that's a big, big endorsement because you know that trade had to go all the way to the top. You know Josh Kroenke signed off on of that. Course, yep. That is Josh Kroenke, Calvin Booth, and Michael Malone saying we endorse and are ready for Bones Highland to play 25, eh, maybe not 25, 20 minutes a game off the bench. And like you said, six man of the year. Like to me, that's not just like oh, if everything goes right, like he's going to get so much PT, especially early when Jamal's on yeah. minutes restrictions. Yeah, like not only should he be in that conversation, he should be a favorite if everything goes right this year with Bones. Oh, I love it. I, he is one of the most intriguing players uh, as we come into the season. Like, what does that leap from year one to year two? Historically, it's noteworthy. Year one to year two. So we'll see if Bones can maybe bring his average from nine points a game to maybe. 
you know, 14. That would be probably represent best case scenario. Um, see if he can do it. Uh, KCP. It sounds like we're both bullish on Barry. that that addition. Bruce Brown might be, and this is probably hyperbolic, but I'm going to go here anyway. Bruce Brown agreeing to come to play for the Denver Nuggets for the amount of money or the lack thereof um, to go with fit. Bet on himself, two year deal, player option for the second year. So it's he's he's in he's in control of his own destiny here. Um, it might be the most underrated. Great fit for a team with championship aspirations, and Bruce Brown isn't going to steal headlines or you know be you know clickbait on look what the Nuggets added. But that guy defensively and the fit he could um, represent here in Denver, I'm very bullish on it. Yeah, and look where he came from. He came from a team that he was never going to get any attention on. He was playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden before the trade, and and Ben Simmons. Like Bruce Brown would have been a better known name nationally if he hadn't played on a team that had so many distractions the ultimate amount of distractions that led to them getting swept in the first round and Kevin Durant still wanting out of town so for him it's he's flown under the radar in Brooklyn he can absolutely fly under the radar as a great free agent addition in Denver and then let's be honest Zach we need him to fly under the radar here in a good way if you and I aren't talking about Bruce Brown on a daily basis, that's a good thing because that means he's doing his job. And if we're talking about Nicola and Jamal and Michael and Aaron Gordon and Bones, great. Those are the guys we should be talking about. He can play a similar role in Denver that he played in Brooklyn. Let's just hope the Nuggets are infinitely less dysfunctional, obviously, than the Nets were. That that would be nice. And I don't know if 40% shooting from three the way he did a year ago is sustainable. He's probably not that type of shooter from three. Uh, but I'd like to see him flirt with that number. But that he'll be, get the same open great. looks. He'll get the same open looks here that he, he got should. in Brooklyn. Yeah, like if he was getting open looks because teams were so focused on KD and Kyrie and Harden before the trade. Well, guess what? Nikola Jokic is the best passer in the NBA, so he's always going to get you open looks. And oh, by the way, you have to go guard Jamal Murray uh, and Michael Porter Jr. and Bones Highland on the perimeter. Zach, there's going to be a lot of nights down at Ball Arena where one more extra pass is going to lead to Bruce Brown wide open in the corner with no one within eight feet of him. I love it. I can't wait to see it. Um, I want to read a tweet from Mike Singer, our friend from the Denver Post, uh, at the time of recording. It's 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 day of. He put it out just a couple hours ago. He said, heard Zeke Naji is back in Denver working out with the coaches and told he put on about 11 pounds of muscle. Zeke was you know always kind of you know slight yep. uh, uh, to to a certain degree. He said he's up to 252 pounds, and um, I thought that was noteworthy to pass along. I have loved Zeke Naji since draft night. I think. Um, if we're talking about like best case, worst case, like what could Zeke Naji be? My imagination starts to run wild. Good athlete, switchable defender, mechanical shot that you could tell he has spent years and years on. Uh, really excited about what Zeke could be in year three. Not trying to be a buzzkill, but that's okay. <laughs> but get... I'm going to go full opposite of you here. Okay. I just don't know how Zeke Naji gets on the court for significant minutes for these Nuggets. I, I just don't see him really in their plans uh, moving forward. And love Mike Singer, but the old 11 pounds of, of muscle sounds a lot like when Von Miller ate 11 pounds worth of munchies and we had to we had to hear about his 11 pounds of muscle that he gained. Not saying that that's the same case with Zeke, but Zach, it is the time of year where we get these positive fluff. <laughs> Look how good a shape everyone is. Look how hard everyone's worked. 
Zach, someone's got to sit on the end of this bench. You really think Zeke Naji's cracking minutes and is a, is a real rotational piece for the Nuggets? I, I really hope so. And then there's no way of me knowing right now. He's still very much a forecast. Um, let me pull up his uh, – how many games did he end up playing last year? I'm just saying it is the season for, for positive – Understood. Understood. Yeah, I, understood. I mean, put it this way. Put it this way. Who plays more this year, Christian Brown or Zeke Naji? Ooh, that's a fun one. I think Christian Brown has a chance to be a part of the rotation. So we're running from, out of rotation yeah, spots, is yeah. what I'm saying. But 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 I'll say this for for as bull and and maybe I'm, I'm more bullish clearly on on Zeke than you are. But I'm also bullish on Christian Brown. I think Christian yes. Brown's a good not only on on the court IQ basketball acumen to pair with Nicola fit. I think he's a good culture fit, a winner fit. Um, don't sleep on Zeke. Don't sleep. so 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 you're expecting him a DMP coach's decision on, on a very regular basis. Yeah, I, I think Zeke's the twelfth or thirteenth guy on this roster. Okay, I just think he's uh, he's not in their plans now. On the nights where Porter's back needs one and Jamal needs one, and, and you know it's the back to back in San Antonio. Could Zeke play twenty four minutes and and be a contributor to a nice win on the road? Sure, but he's DNP coach's decision. At least half the games this year in my book. Well, I hope he builds on a year three the way that he did year over year. His first, they pl- played about the same amount of games his rookie year to his sophomore uh, season. Um, he went from nine and a half minutes to 17 minutes on nights that he played. He went from three points to 6.6 on nights that he played. His three-point percentage was... And this is not sustainable, 46%. But I mentioned the jump shot. Yeah. When you have a mechanical jump shot like that, I'm just, I'm, I'm, well, I guess I'm just more bullish on Zeke than you. And, that, and that's cool. It's all going to play out in front of us. Um, and we'll circle back and, and someone will be right or someone will be wrong or some, somewhere in the middle, which might honestly be um, the most likely scenario uh, between your and I projections of Zeke Naji. Um, great stuff, man. Anything else on the top of mind with the Nugs? No, I'm just really excited to, to see how this plays out. And uh, the one thing we didn't quite get to was that, you know, we did find out they will have a Christmas Day game. Yes, how did they uh, not get to uh, that? Against the, against the Phoenix Suns. And I heard you talking on Stokely and Zach towards the end of your show today that you project that as the 8.30 start yeah. time. And, yeah. and as do I. You know, I saw some, well, Grizzlies Warriors will be the late one. No, it won't. Grizzlies Warriors will be 6 o'clock, ABC. They're going to put that thing in as prime a slot as they can. Remember, they are going against the NFL as well. There's a uh, Cardinals-Buccaneers game Correct. that night. Yep. So it's almost like the, they don't want the Suns and Cardinals going against each other, so they'll sort of let that one wrap, or, or at least um, you know it'll be over by the time the second half Suns and Nuggets starts. But it's an exciting, exciting thing. It took Nikola Jokic winning two MVPs right. for them to right. get back in the Christmas Day slot, but uh, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled to see that, and I, I really do think it'll be the 8.30 p.m. tip. It, it will be, and you're going to see an entire country that is fascinated with sports gambling shift over after all the football and the basketball to the second half of the Nuggets Suns like chaser game. Yep. Uh if you if you got your ass handed to you on Christmas Day. I will not let that happen to me this year. Uh Will, thanks for being here, man. We'll do it again. All right, appreciate it, Zach. All right, it's Will Peterson from Denverfan.com. Appreciate everyone who took the time out and listened to this. Please tell a friend, rate, subscribe. 
Uh, that's the best way that uh, you can help us out here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. And we will catch up with you in the next week or two as we uh, get closer and closer into Nuggets training camp and talk about some of the other uh, storylines, maybe on the peripheral uh, a little bit. Uh, and when that time comes, you know we got you covered right here, Mile High Hoops podcast.